help support the Jiminy Cricket podcast and the Disney Chris website by becoming a Patreon subscriber. By joining our illustrious roster of supporters, you will receive exclusive rewards every month, including audio content, Disney video commentaries, and an exclusive Patreon subscribers-only podcast called Down the Rabbit Hole. Be sure to check out our new donation levels and special rewards at www.patreon.com slash DisneyChris. Jiminy Crickets! I'm the guy they call Little Mickey Mouse Not a sweetie down in the chicken house Neither fat nor skinny, she's the horses Winnie is my little Minnie Mouse When it's feeding time for the animals And they howl and growl like the cannibals I just turn my heel to the hen house deal And you'll hear me sing this song I have listened to the cuckoo his And I've heard the rooster's cock-a-doodle-doo With the cows and the chickens, they all sound like the dickens When I hear my little Minnie Hello, Cricketeers, and welcome to another of our special mini-episodes. I like to do this format whenever we have a trip report, because it doesn't really fit the format of our other content, unless we released it as an exclusive episode just to our Patreons. But when it comes to trip reports, it's something that I would like to share with everybody. So this is a better format. And I'm here with Ruthie. Hello, Ruthie. How are you? Hello, Chris. I'm good. How are you? Good. So this past week, we're recording this on October 1st. And this past week, on September 27th, I turned 50 years old. And in celebration, my mother gave me a gift of a trip to San Francisco. And one of the, well, really the main reason we went was so I could go to the Walt Disney Family Museum. But I'm going to sort of briefly give you the rundown of my entire trip. And when we get to the museum, I'll go into greater detail. But I want to let you know everything I did while I was in San Francisco. So we left on Tuesday morning, and we flew from Seattle to San Francisco. We landed a little after noon, and we had a 3.50 um, ticket to ride the boat to Alcatraz Island that afternoon. So we got a rental car. And we checked into the hotel, which was like more like a motel, but it had just been refurbished. So even though it was a kind of an older looking motel from the outside, although freshly painted, the rooms on the inside were absolutely lovely and very modern and quite, we were quite pleased with the rooms. And it was right in the middle of everything, like we were downtown as downtown can be. Cool. So we were like halfway between things on one side of the city we wanted to see and things on the other side of the city. So we were really in the perfect spot. So right after we checked in and left our bags, we were running late. So we got in the rental car and drove to Pier 33 on the um, San Francisco Bay there, and uh, we 
got on the um, ferry to Alcatraz. We barely made it. We were the last ones on the boat, and the guy was yelling at us to hurry, and they took off right after we got on the boat. So the boat ride alone was worth it, because even if we didn't go to Alcatraz, because it was absolutely gorgeous. It was a beautiful sunny day, late afternoon, no clouds in the sky. Right on the bay there, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge on one side and the Bay Bridge on the other side and all the sailboats and it was just lovely and a beautiful view of the city as you got closer to the island. So that was a pleasant ride and only took about 10 minutes to get there. And then um, when we got to the island, there's a lot of uphill walking to get to the actual where the dock is, the actual prison is high up on the top of a hill. It's a very small island. And you have to go up this hill. And most people walk up the hill. But for people like me and my mom, I use a cane. And my mom is 77 years old and has bad knees and a bad back. They had a special, um, like, um, tram that brought you up to the top of the hill. So we didn't have to walk. We got a tram ride up the hill. Oh, that's and it was, it was really interesting going up the hill because you passed all these other buildings that were sort of like where the police lived. There was like an officer's club that was there. All the stuff, you know, like the stuff for the people that worked on Alcatraz you kind of passed by. Mm. And then at the top of the hill was the prison, and we went in, and they had an audio tour, so they handed out these headsets. And the audio tour was really cool because it wasn't just like a boring, like, this is this and this is that. It was, like, active. Like, they, they did, like, the sounds that what you would hear when it was in mm. prison. And they had people performing as, like, Prisoners like giving their, their their accounts of what it was like to live there, and and also the the tour like said now go through this door marked this and turn let like it gave you the exactly instructions on what to do and what to look at, and it, I really enjoyed the audio tour. I've never done an audio tour before. I really had thought that I would have preferred a guided tour, but that a, mm. gui a, a guided tour would not have been as informative or as interesting. I'm glad that I did the audio tour, and it was very fascinating and interesting, and very I learned a lot of interesting things. So, one interesting thing is they named all the different rows after streets in New York. Like, they had Madison... This cell block is Madison Avenue. You know, they, mm -hmm. I don't, it just was weird. And then they had like the central area they called Times Square. Mm. So they showed where they took showers. They showed all the jail cells. They showed the prison library, the cafeteria. When you go into the cafeteria, this is the most dangerous room in the entire prison. Like oh. they really flavored it up with their commentary. And it was it was it was extremely entertaining, and I enjoyed it mm. quite a lot. So 
Then we had to wait like 45 minutes for the next tram. We just missed it when we finished the tour and we were waiting outside. And there was a, a stairway that said this way to the lighthouse. My mother did not want to walk up a flight of stairs. And we were thinking that once we got up there, we'd have to walk up the stairs to the lighthouse. But I was thinking, mm -hmm. I'll just go look at the lighthouse. I won't go inside, but I would like to see what's up there. So I did go. But they didn't even, you couldn't even go inside the lighthouse. So oh. it was just one, mm -hmm. one flight of stairs. So that's fine. But when you got to the end of the stairs, the view, you could see the city, the whole city with the Golden Gate Bridge. The view was absolutely fantastic from up there. Oh, that's cool. And I that's told my cool. mom, you should have gone up with me because that view was worth it. So mm -hmm. I'm tired. I don't want to go. Anyway, <laughs> so we got Well, back. how long was the tour? Oh, an hour and a half. It, it wasn't long. Oh, okay. And it's not a lot of walking, and they did have elevators to if there was stuff on the second floor. So we didn't have... The only stairs we had to do were when we were outside if you wanted to go to the lighthouse. Also, up at the lighthouse were the administrative offices that you could go in. Like, you could see where the warden's office was and mm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They showed pictures. The prison wasn't open that long. It opened in the mid '30s and it closed in the mid '60s. I didn't know that it was. It was only there for used for 30 years. But mm. That was interesting to me. But anyway, they showed they had a picture of every warden. There were only four, so we're mm. only open for 30 years. So mm -hmm. they did not look like friendly people. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were like mean-looking old white men. <laughs> So anyway, um, I wouldn't want to have to deal with them, I'll tell you that. But anyway, so after that, we took the tram back down and we rode the boat back. They had hot dogs and stuff, so we got a little bite on the boat. And um, then we went back to the hotel and I was so tired. I was done for the day by the time we got back from Alcatraz. So we called it a night. So the next morning was my actual birthday, and originally we had planned to do the Walt Disney Family Museum on my birthday, which was a Wednesday, but they aren't open on Wednesdays. Oh, really? So we decided to do that the next day. So on that day, we thought that we would go to the cable car museum and, you know, just do all the other things. So in the brochure, the cable car museum, which actually was not the brochure for the cable car museum. It was a different museum called the, the, the train museum or something. And we didn't realize it wasn't the actual cable car museum. We thought it, that's what it was, but it was, turns out it wasn't. Anyway, that being said, the brochure said they opened at 10 a.m. So we drove there. We found a parking space. Fortunately, my mother has a handicap thing, so we can park in handicap spaces. It makes things so much easier. I'm, I would qualify for one even if she didn't. So we're both qualified for handicapped. <laughs> but anyway, that being said, 
So we got a free parking spot very close to where this museum is, right around the corner. We walked right up to the door, and they were closed. And the sign had been changed. It had been, they put a sticker over it, and it said 12 o'clock instead of 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, right in front of the museum entrance was a tram. Now, let me explain, or not a tram, a trolley. The trolley are more modern. They're not the traditional, the ones that are the old, old-timey ones that are, like, mostly for tourists are called cable cars because... There's cables underground, and that's what powers them. They're pulled by cable. The ones that are electric are called trolleys. So this was not a cable car. This was just normal city public transportation that we were taking. And it just so happened that right behind us was where the stop was, and the uh, trolley pulled up right when we decided we needed to do something else so we got right in and it brought us right to Fisherman's Wharf about it was about a 15 minute ride from where we were to Fisherman's Wharf so we got out in Fisherman's Wharf and we walked around it's a lot smaller than I thought it than I envisioned it. It's just one little, one little like big cul-de-sac kind of, of seafood restaurants mostly. A couple mm-hmm. souvenir places across the street is a Ripley's, believe it or not, and a Madame Tussauds wax museum. Mm. And um, we didn't do that. I wasn't interested in doing either of those things. But um, they also had a free museum at the end of the cul-de-sac. That was all antique arcade games. That I was interested in. But we had a 2 o'clock appointment, and it was already 11.30, so my mother said we should eat. So she was, uh, part of my gift was she was going to buy me, you know, kind of, I mean, I couldn't go crazy with it, but she would pay for a, an expensive meal on fisherman's work. So, I mean, within limits. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, we went to the Boudin's Bakery, which I'm sure Disney fans will know of, because there's mm-hmm. also, I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be one at California Adventure. But this is the original, and it opened in the mid-1800s, and it's still there. And they're famous for their rye bread. Or their sourdough bread. Yeah, sourdough. Sourdough. <laughs> and they they serve you sourdough as much as you want for your meals. Like, you know mm. how they bring you bread? They mm-hmm. just bring you a constant supply of sourdough. We golfed that thing up. It was so good. It was the best sourdough yeah. I've ever had in my life. It's no wonder that they're famous for it because it is so good. They even have a... They show you where they make it and... They used to let you go in there and tour it, but since COVID, they said they haven't reopened it. You can see mm-hmm. it from big glass windows where they make the bread, but you used to be able to take a tour. Now you can just look at it from the windows, but you can see the whole operation from there. But we got a window, we got a seat right by the window, right on the water, beautiful view. I got like a halibut dish. 
I normally don't go for fish, but because we were there and, you know, it was Fisherman's Wharf, I wanted to have a, you know, that's what you do when you're there. Mm-hmm. So, and it was, ex- it was so good. Mm. And this was, uh, this was a pricey place, but not like a unreasonable, like my, my meal, my just, I didn't get any side dishes or anything, but my meal was $35. So it's, it's up there, but it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and everything nowadays is so much. Oh yeah. Even when you go it to is. McDonald's, I'm like, how much did you say the fries were? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyway, um, that was a very, very nice meal. And then after that, we decided that we would get back on that trolley. And go, and it actually does a U-turn and goes back the other direction down a different street. So we decided to go back to the trolley and then ride that back to where the museum is because the brochure said that the cable car, the actual cable car, is just a block and a half away. You know, there's more than one cable car, but one of mm-hmm. the one of the the stops, the ending of it is a block and a half away from this train museum. So we decided to skip the train museum and just go back and then ride the cable car all the way to the other end. And by the time we got to the other end, it would be time to go to our thing that we had scheduled for two o'clock but the problem is that joe biden had come to town that very day so a lot of the cable car routes had been closed because of that you could still ride the cable car but you had to like get on like halfway through the ride and they had free buses to bring you there. So at first, we were disappointed, but we did get on one of the buses. We were actually right there at where the cable car picks up, and we were told, it's closed, it's closed, you gotta ride the bus, the bus is over there. So we rode the bus. By the time we got to where the cable car is, it's like, oh my gosh, we gotta get to our two o'clock thing. So we gave up on the cable car and decided, I decided really that, you know, I want the full experience. I don't want to just ride half of it. So let's just do it tomorrow. So we decided we would do it after the museum the following mm-hmm. day. So now we were in a rush to get to this place and it was an old Victorian house. And it was the only—it's the only one in San Francisco that offers tours without appointments, and it's not—it was only ten dollars. I mean, it's reasonably priced, and mm-hmm. so it was an old Victorian house that survived the earthquake because of where it was located, and it had very little damage. They only had one damage that they still they still had, and they showed you this big crack hmm. in the wall, and they said this is the only damage from the earthquake. Anyway, so it was a house built like in the 1850s, I think, and um, it was three stories, but we only looked at the first two stories because the third story is, was an attic and the servants' quarters. 
But it was actually, back then, even middle-class people had servants. This was a middle-class home, not... Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, because whenever I've toured a home like this before, it's always been rich people that owned it. But this was just like an upper-middle-class family. So it was interesting to see that style of living as opposed to the wealthy, you know. Even though it was probably a little beyond our means if we lived back then, it was mm-hmm. still, you know, just modest people, not, you know, they weren't throwing lavish balls every night and stuff, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. a summer right. cottage, it was their actual home, so. But what was interesting is the home was um, built in redwood because it was cheap lumber, mm-hmm. and... Um, it also is one of the reasons the house survived because redwood is very flexible and can move kind of. Oh, interesting. But they painted it so it looked like a stone color. And it was it, the house is the original color still. Hmm. And they said because, and there were so many places in this house where they painted things to look like they were more expensive than they actually were. Like they had, the, the first room was like, some kind of cheap wood and they painted it to look like oak hmm. oak is a more expensive wood and then they had like these um wall coverings it was kind of like wallpaper but it was made to look like leather but it was just a treatment they did it wasn't oh really leather. interesting so there's a lot of stuff like that it showed you know the dining room the sitting room and the bedrooms upstairs and it was about an hour and a half tour wow that was the same amount of time as your aquatest walk around right so after that we took a bus back to fisherman's wharf my mother was cold so she went to the car and while she did that i went into that i stayed there while she went to go get her coat come back and I went into the um, free museum that had all sorts of antique arcade games. They had this huge fat woman figure, like mannequin, and it was called, I think it's called The Laughing Lady or The Laughing Bertha or something like that. And apparently it's this famous thing that used to be at an amusement park in the 20s and 30s and 40s before it closed that was nearby at one time which no longer exists um but it's huge big lady with kind of creepy looking and i think the museum was free because they you had to put coins in everything to make them work Hmm. i didn't put a coin in it but i wasn't gonna waste my money on stuff like that but i assume she just kind of leaned forward and back and made laughing noises, but it, it probably would have given me nightmares if I did. <laughs> they had those types of things, like the things where you squeeze it and it tells you, you know, what kind of a lover you are. Right. They had a, they had a chair, it was called the, the Throne of Love, and you sit in it and then it, it lights up with, like, it says hot tamale or cold <laughs> fish or you know what kind of lover you mm-hmm. those types of things they had a lot of mechanical things like you put a coin in and it makes things dance and they had they had old-fashioned nickelodeons like music machines and 
they had a little section of modern games, just a little tiny off to the corner of, you know, digital video game stuff. But the whole rest of it was just one big room. It was mm. all the antique stuff, and I kind of looked at all of it. It was all very interesting. I like stuff like that. They had a couple things, like they had an old bumper car from the from that same amusement park that was just kind of there to look at, things like that. So that was interesting. And then after... Um, my mom got a little lost, and then after we met up again, it took her a while to get back, um, it was starting to get dark, and we decided we wanted to check out the Garibaldi chocolate place that had been recommended to us, and then we would go home for the night, but we had trouble finding it. By the time we found it, we were just like, let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually right where we were. We just couldn't find it, and we were asking everyone for directions. And when we finally found it, we were like, "Oh, there's stairs involved. Let's do it." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, the next day is we went to the Walt Disney Family Museum that opened at uh, ten o'clock, and we got there about ten thirty, and. Um, so, if you haven't been before, what it is is you start on the first floor, and the first room shows a ton of awards that Walt Disney had won. And it has that famous statue, Academy Award, it has a bunch of his Academy Awards, and it, ha it has the one that Shirley Temple gave him with the seven little, mm -hmm. that's there. Mm. That was that that was amazing to see that in person. Um, I think I might have seen it before at Disney World. It might have been there at the animation thing when they still had that. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember for sure. But now I know that I have seen it for sure. So that was the first room. It showed all sorts of awards, and then as you went through. It went in chronological order, telling the story of his life. And each room had, um, one of the things is you heard a lot of audio of Walt talking, describing things. He had recorded a bunch of stuff that um, Diane had was writing an article for a newspaper about his life back in the early 60s. So she recorded him and she asked him a bunch of questions. So there's all of this audio of him describing his life. They also used that in the Walt Disney Story film that used to run in the parks. Mm, but mm -hmm. nowadays they have the technology to clean up that audio because I remember how terrible that audio quality was. Because it was just a tape recorder. They were in their backyard. You could hear the birds. And, but yes, this sounded, yeah. this mm -hmm. sounded really well... You know, they, they cleaned it up quite well. So anyway, um, the first room is like Walt Disney's childhood, and they showed baby pictures, and they showed pictures of his family, like his relatives, like his aunts and uncles and grandparents, and of course his parents and siblings, mm -hmm. and it was all about his childhood. And they showed video clips, 
and then you would hear Walt describing things like Marcelin, how he, you know, he talked about how he painted the horse for the guy that paid him five cents and all those stories that we've heard as Disney fans about his early years. Mm -hmm. So that was the first room. And then the next room was more about his teenage years and young adulthood. And they talked about um, delivering papers and being a news butcher on the trains. And um, apparently, I didn't know this, I learned something. He also worked in a jelly factory for a short time. And then they talked about how he went to the war as an ambulance driver. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was the actual ambulance, but they did have the same exact type of ambulance that he drove, parked in the room, you know, Mm. restored, looked brand new. But Like a period accurate. Yeah, it looked Mm -hmm. exactly like the one in the picture, except for the one in the picture he had drawn on the canvas, you know. Mm, We've mm-hmm. seen that picture where he drew little cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it talked oh, yeah. about how he drew cartoons when he was over there. And so then the next room was about his, you know, the very beginnings of animation. And it talked about the laughograms. Mm-hmm. And they had these fun little... At first, all the audio was, you heard it. But after that, after the first couple rooms, you had to pick up these little receivers, and they look like those old-fashioned phones you used to hold up to your ear. Mm-hmm. They had them at various places throughout the rest of the whole museum, and you would pick them up, and you'd hold it up to your ear, and you'd listen to, to things that were being described or videos that were in front of you, and you would hold those up to your ears and listen. So the whole mm-hmm. rest of it was... That was how it was. You listened in those little telephone-looking things. So anyway, the next room, like I said, was the laughograms and the early Kansas City stuff. And then they talked about the Alice comedies and Walt um, moving to California. Oh, but before that room, that was the, 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 the room before that was the last room on the first floor. After that... You got in the elevator, and the elevator had windows that looked like you were in a train looking outside. And the audio, there was audio as you went up to the second floor, and Walt's talking about how he took a train to California as you're going up in the elevator. Mm-hmm. So then then you saw the, the laughograms you'd seen, but now you're seeing the Alice comedies and all the stuff he began when he got to California. Mm, so it okay. went from the Alice comedies and then Oswald. And then they had a huge thing all about Steamboat Willie. They had a fun little thing for kids where they had all these brass things that were like glued to a table. And if you touch them, they made sounds. Hmm. Like they had a drum and they had a crank and different things. And you could play the movie and try to match the sound oh. effects to the movie. Oh, that's that was cool. Kind of like how they made the sound. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had a whole wall that looked kind of like a storyboard of all these pictures, all these storyboards for Steamboat Willie. It was a whole big wall, just storyboards of Steamboat Willie. Hmm. Wow. We talked all about Steamboat Willie. 
and they talked all about Mickey's early stuff, and then they had this huge case filled with early Mickey Mouse memorabilia or, you know, trinkets Souvenirs, and like, yeah. toys. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. okay. they had the first, they had a, the very first Mickey Mouse thing ever that you could buy, which was a little sketch pad and Mickey Mouse watches and wind up toys. And that was really interesting. I love that stuff. I've seen mm -hmm. pictures of it, but you rarely see that stuff in person. So that mm -hmm. was fun. And then the next room got into the silly symphonies and it talked about the skeleton dance and talked about all the other additional characters that came along later, like Donald and Goofy and the three little pigs. And all of these things had those little things you could hold up to your ears. A lot of maquettes, mm -hmm. which were fun. You know, the little sculptures they would bake to, to use for animation. A lot mm -hmm. of them were on display. Those were fun to see. Um, and so, yeah, so again, it's going in chronological order. So we're up to the Silly Symphonies. And then the next room was Snow White. Mm. And they had a thing with a screen that you sat down and you could pick up the thing. And it had all these artists that worked on Snow White talking about making Snow White. Mm -hmm. Walt Disney in general, and you could scroll through and listen to all these stories being told by the actual people. And they had all sorts of concept art, and then they had this big display case of Snow White merchandise. Like they had dolls and little. Oh, and one thing that amazed me you know that old video of Walt where he's sitting there? These are the seven dwarves. This is happy. This is grumpy. Mm -hmm. You've seen that? Mm -hmm. They had those actual maquettes there. Oh, wow. The ones that are in that video. They were showing the video and the, they were right there in front of you. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, wow. <laughs> so then the next room got into like Bambi and Pinocchio and Fantasia. A lot of stuff about Fantasia, of course. Mm -hmm. And then the next room was the war years. And they talked about the propaganda and Walt did and how the studio was taken over and the stuff they produced in support of the war and the Latin American trip and all that stuff. And that was kind of the halfway point. You could continue on to the rest of the tour or you could take the elevators or walk down the stairs back to the first level where they had a little cafeteria and the gift shop and you could take a break. So that's what we did. And we went down and they didn't have any food. They just had snacks. Hmm. But we got a snack and um, a drink and we relaxed and went to the restroom. And then we went back up and continued the tour. The next room was like everything post-war, but like before Disneyland, like all the... They talked about a lot of the live-action films that Walt Disney did. It was this one big room. They talked about the package films, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp. All that stuff was kind of in that one room. And all the live-action mm -hmm. stuff they made during that period as well. And there was a fun little... A lot of interactive stuff, which was really cool. They mm -hmm. had these little things with these little circles all around it. And they were just like projected onto a flat surface, all these little individual circles with pictures in them. And you would slide it 
to the middle and it would show the video that corresponds with that circle. So you could watch all these different little video clips that had to do with Pecos Bill or Cinderella or, you know. Hmm. So the next room showed a bunch of Walt's personal things. Like um, some of Lillian's jewelry, his miniature collection. A lot of his miniatures were there. My mother really liked that room. And um, yeah, so that was cool. And, um, you know, a lot of just intimate things that Walt Disney owned. It had a case that talked about what he liked to eat. It had a grocery list Mm -hmm. of the foods that he liked and I don't know if it was a grocery list. I think maybe it was a list for the maid or the cook. I think I've seen a picture of that in yeah. that um, eating them book. Letting them know what they yeah what, what he what likes his, what he likes to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. it said yeah. it said um, Jello any flavor. It said um, pineapple fresh or canned. <laughs> <laughs> so we both liked pineapple. That's my favorite fruit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next room was amazing, and it has nothing to do with Disney. Because the next room, they had all these screens on one side that talking about the true life adventures. Hmm. And they just showed clips of true life adventures. And But on the other side was this huge glass wall that you could see out. And the most beautiful view of the Golden Gate Bridge you could ever imagine. Right hmm. out there. I mean, we took pictures. It was so, it was so unexpected. I wasn't, expe- I didn't know the museum was that close to the Golden Gate Bridge. Hmm. But it, it's, it's right near it. And mm-hmm. perfect view. And in that room where they talk about the true life adventures is where you get like this amazing view of the Golden Gate Bridge. So really, that's the star of the show in that room, believe it or not. But you do see, they do talk about on all these screens about the true life adventures. That's what you're supposed to learn. At Mm -hmm. the end of this room was a bench and you could actually sit on it. They invited you to sit on it. Please take a seat, it said. And it was one of the actual benches from Griffith Park that could have mm. been the bench that Walt sat on when he thought up of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, it pro- I mean, there is a good chance, but it's just one of the benches that were there when he talks about his, well, I was sitting on a bench, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. eating a bag of peanuts. Uh, Saturday <laughs> was um, uh, daddy Saturday daughter day. was always daddy yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we sat there. I thought there. that actual bench was at Disneyland. Well, according to this, I did too. I really did. But according to the sign, it says this is one of the benches. Maybe the one at Disneyland is the actual bench, and this mm-hmm. is just one of the other benches. The surrounding benches. But mm-hmm. this one you were allowed to sit in, and it had right. not been restored. It was still its original. It was all chip paint and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, wow. um,. In the next room is where the Disneyland stuff started. And it was this big room with a winding ramp that went all the way down to the ground. Hmm. And kind of made your way through this ramp. And as you did, um, there was this huge, what's behind those things? Like you could kind of make out, oh, that's where that big model is. It's in mm-hmm. this room. But it was kind of covered 
Because you, it's not time to look at the mod, the thing yet. We've got more right. to show you first. So because it's got to be designed and stuff first. Yeah. So they they mm-hmm. had they first they talked about the Carrollwood Pacific, the the backyard train that Walt had, mm-hmm. and the real the one at Disneyland is a reproduction. The real Lily Bell was right there in front of our eyes. Wow. My mother was like, how could people ride on that? She didn't believe it at first. <laughs> but then they showed the movie of it. She's like, oh my gosh, look at that. My mm-hmm. mother was really interested in the train. Hmm. I didn't know she was that much into trains, but that part really interested her. So, um, Then you wound your way around and they talked about, you know, different stuff about the designing of Disneyland. And then it was there, that huge... Mm-hmm. You can look right down onto it. You really can get a fantastic view of the whole thing from all angles. Um, and you're kind of making your way down a ramp. So you're kind of encircling it as you go down this ramp. So at first oh, you're looking cool. at first you're looking down on it from the back of it. And as you make your way around to the ground level and you're looking right at it, you're facing it from the front. Mm. So you really get a great view of everything. Mm. And it says the Disneyland of Walt's dreams or something like that. This is not a map of Disneyland as it ever actually existed. Mm. But this is Disneyland as Walt envisioned it would eventually become. You know, yada yada Mm -hmm. that stuff. So it had Mm. like the original Fantasyland. But it also had stuff that like Space Mountain. Which, you know. But it was the original Space Mountain that John Hench drew. Oh, okay. It wasn't, you know, what it looks like now. Because Walt was involved in that part of Space Mountain when it was first thought up and John Hench drew that picture. He was still around. So Walt was aware that there would be a Space Mountain. And it had the new Tomorrowland. Anything Walt knew about... Yeah, because he was involved involved in in that, the 67 one. But Mm -hmm. it still had the original Fantasyland because he wasn't involved in the the Fantasyland. Mm -hmm. Um, It had the um, Rainbow Ridge Railway. Mm. It was so detailed, we just stared at it for a good 30 minutes. I mean... Oh man, I would just be in there for hours. Mm. I was just, I knew, I knew that was, that was really the main thing I wanted right. to see in the whole place. Yep. I was so excited. And then they had an original 50s Autopia car. Oh, cool. It had a gear shift. Hmm. I don't know why it had a, maybe it was one of the ones that the cast members drove. Because they used to have ones that were painted to look like police cars that the hmm. cast drove in case somebody stalled or something. But it had it. It had like a stick shift in the middle of it, which seemed hmm. weird to me. But and then that they actually had, worked. It wasn't just for looks. Well, I, I, it might have been for looks. I don't know. I, I don't hmm. know because it was just, it was just on display. It wasn't being mm-hmm. used. But they also had the, the model that Walt Disney is seen in a lot of pictures with of the Mark Twain, the actual model hmm. that he was mm-hmm. photographed with, and was shown on the Disney TV show often. That actual model of the Mark Twain was there. I mean, all these things I've seen in pictures, I'm looking at my whole life, I'm looking at the real thing right in front of my eyes. It was pretty exciting and 
and amazing. So, as you made your way down to the ground level, the next little section, which was in the same room, but kind of in the front, with seats to sit, they had all these television screens. And then on the bottom, they had a row of old-fashioned TVs from like the 50s and 60s. And they showed all of these clips and things from the early days that Walt was on TV. So this is sort of talking about his TV Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, how cool. And they showed clips from the Disneyland show, Dateline Disneyland. They showed the wonderful world of color, Zorro, the Mickey Mouse Club. And then as you left this section, there was a little presentation you watched that lasted about eight minutes. And then it's came back to, if you came in late it came, started from the beginning again and then when it came back to where you left off that's the lead and off to the side they had a bunch of mickey mouse club memorabilia in this case i asked my mom who was your favorite mouseketeer because my mom was born in 1946 so when the mickey mouse club came out she was nine mm-hmm. years old and so right. she probably She's prime age right there she was the target audience mm-hmm. for it so she said annette was my favorite <laughs> so the next so what was that presentation about the mickey mouse club or it just showed clips from all the different things walt disney did on tv it showed clips from Zorro, Mickey Mouse mm. Club. The, that was a that what I was just talking about was a case of memorabilia after you watched the presentation. Oh, okay. So then the next room, couple rooms was like first they talked about the World's Fair stuff. Mm. They had an audio animatronic. Barker bird that was not working, which is kind of a bummer. He was mm. just there, not moving, facing down. But the sound was on, so he was talking but not moving. Mm. But <laughs> that was kind of a bummer. But yeah. Um, and they so they talked about animatronics. They showed they talked about Lincoln. They showed the actual model that Harriet. Um, what was her? What's her name? Again? Burns. Harriet Burns, you know, she made all the models for Carousel of Progress, all the mm-hmm. individual rooms. They had one of her models in there of the of the last room, the the, the the future room, like the 60s room of the Carousel of Progress was there. So all the World's Fair stuff and audio animatronics are talking about. And then they had a little area, I'm surprised they didn't have more, but they had one area in the next little part of the room talking about Mary Poppins. Mm. And they showed, you know, and they had Dick Van Dyke talking about the um, special effects that they used in Mary Poppins. And you put, you put on, you held that thing up to your ear and they had a little tiny Dick Van Dyke standing in the corner talking to you while they were showing stuff on a bigger screen almost Mm. like he's an instructor telling you what's and he talked about how they did some of the special effects things in mary poppins Mm -hmm. so you got to meet dick van dyke the three inch version of dick van dyke (laughs) and then they talked about all of the movies that walt did later in life they had a they had like all these screens showing clips from all the later movies that happened mm. in the late 50s up to the 60s. Like they showed 
clips from 101 Dalmatians, Sword in the Stone, Absent-Minded Professor, you know, that whole era. Mm-hmm. Summer Summer Magic was shown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those later films. Mary Poppins had its own section, but those were all kind of together in a little thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, came the sad part because mm-hmm. they started talking about you know the last projects of Walt Disney, and they showed mm-hmm. like the final things that he worked on. And then the next room, they had a TV that came on, and it said, "This is." I don't know what station. This is CBS uh-huh. with a special report, uh-huh. and, and it announced the the death of Walt Disney. And they had all of those cartoons showing Mickey Mouse crying, and the, uh-huh. he looks like a globe or standing over a tombstone. They had tons of those all over the wall, talking about Walt Disney's death, and that was sad. And then the last room had screens on both sides that like all these images came on and off and it just showed all of these things that Walt Disney did over his lifetime and it had imposed over these images quotes from different people talking about the kind of person that Walt Disney was Hmm. and their experiences like Leonard Maltin Mark Davis, you know, all these people who knew Walt. So, mm-hmm. or or are fans of Walt. So, and that was the final room, and that's when the tour ended. It took us about two and a half hours to do the full tour. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, you're going to spend the whole day there. I'm not one that is into just standing, staring at something for 20 minutes. I, mm. I like to move on. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that, and also I have trouble walking. Mm-hmm. So I can't be standing there for an hour staring at something. So, I mean, we I feel I saw everything that needed to be seen in two and a half hours. It might have been a little bit longer. I wasn't keeping track of time. And then on the way out, they had a museum store. With lots of great books. You would love the books. It was mm-hmm. a lot of really terrific books. And T-shirts... I wanted to get a t-shirt, but there wasn't one that I liked. There was ones that, um, they had a special exhibit happening, which I'm going to get to because we saw that too after, mm-hmm. called Cats and Dogs. Mm-hmm. They had a t-shirt for that, but I wanted one that talked about the museum itself. And they right. had a t-shirt for the museum, but it just had a picture of the building on it. It had nothing that looked Disney about it. I wanted uh, a shirt that said the museum but had Disney stuff on it and they didn't have that so I didn't buy it and they were expensive so I wasn't going to buy one unless it was something that I really wanted so I didn't get anything you know those shops they wanted $14 for a magnet my mother was going to get a magnet mm-hmm. everywhere else we bought she bought a bunch of magnets everywhere else we went they were like 5 6 $7 here they were just $14 for this little teeny magnet. Mm-hmm. It's like you could make it at home. It was just a picture of their logo. It was anyway, so we didn't buy anything. So there's a separate building in the back where you have to walk around, and in there they have a big gallery for their special exhibits. 
Mm, okay. And the exhibit for right now, they always are switching them around, but the one they're presently having is called Cats and Dogs. So they talk about all the animated cats and dogs that they've had in Disney movies over the years. You know, and so it starts with mm-hmm. Pluto. They talk about Pluto and and then they go through all these different movies that have, you know, well-known cat or dog characters. Like they talk about Figaro and the Cheshire Cat and Lucifer and Nana from Peter Pan and all. You know, each mm-hmm. each one gets their own little section and they talk about the, the character. And then movies that are. Like the main plot of the film is about cats and dogs. Had each had their own big little section, and some cases they had their a whole room just for that one film. So,、oh, okay. for example, the Aristocats had its a whole room just Aristocats,、mm. and One Hundred and One Dalmatians had its own room, and Lady and the Tramp had its own room. As a matter of fact, I, my mother was a little ahead of me, and I walked in, and she was sitting. At this、um, table, it had a checker cloth, breadsticks, plastic spaghetti and meatballs. She was sitting、oh, at the Lady on the Tramp table when I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat next to her. I said, "Do you want me to feed you some spaghetti from my mouth?" <laughs> the spaghetti was was plat. It looked real, but it was plastic spaghetti and meatballs.、Oh. So anyway, that was kind of fun. They had a lot of things where they learn how to draw a cat, and they had pencils. A lot of stuff for kids like that, where you could draw pictures and learn how to draw and stuff. And I did draw a cat. I thought I would try to put my illustration degree to work and、mm-hmm. see if I could draw <laughs> a cat following the instructions. Um. So. They talked about Oliver and Company. Bolt had a section.、Mm. Um, I guess there was a dog in Big Hero Six that they talked about.、Mm, like they had. It might have been a cat. Yeah, it was a cat. So, like the the movies that weren't specifically about a cat, cats and dogs was not like the real theme of the movie. They just talked about the individual character that was a cat or a dog,、mm. and if it was a movie that the theme was really the main players were the the cats and dogs, then they kind of got a bigger section.、Mm-hmm. So like yeah, so like Oliver and Company,、mm-hmm. um, Lady of the Tramp. What other movies?、Mm. Aristocats. Only animated. Yeah, they only talked. The only animated were shown. They didn't show any live action stuff in this part. So, I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting, but they had a lot of the original concept art. And so, like you've seen pictures of it, and I recognized pretty much everything I was looking at. But you have to realize you're looking at the original thing. This is the Thing that the actual pencil touched the paper、right. when they created it. So that's impressive. When you're looking at a picture of something you've seen your whole life and you're right there in front of the actual thing,、mm-hmm. that's kind of mind blowing, you know? Yeah.、Mm-hmm. 
So that didn't take very long. That took about a half hour. It's just a, a one big room on the bottom, and then there's a part on the second floor that's kind of a balcony that goes all the way around, and that's it. And uh, so we left about 2.30, I think. That was the Walt Disney Family Museum. And I give it five stars, except for how much they charge for their souvenirs. It's a little ridiculous. <laughs> but, um... So, then it was finally time to do the cable car. So, we... Oh, for, no, but we did something else first. First, we wanted to drive down Lombard Street. Yes. Which is the street that is known as the most crooked street in the world. And it's all downhill. Now, Lombard Street goes all the way through San Francisco, but it's a regular street until you get to the top of this hill. And then for about a quarter of a mile, it's not very long, it does this thing where, and if you've seen America the Beautiful at Disneyland, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It does this, and it has this amazing view of the city and the water as you're going down it. There was a scene in The Love Bug where Herbie raced down it. I'm sure it was played mm. in fast motion because there right, was no right. way. <laughs> I mean, it was like there was no way you could go that fast. Mm -hmm. We were going like two miles an hour. <laughs> and a lot of people were walking and we were like, they are insane. Mm. They were walking up and down instead of driving their cars. But that only took a few minutes to do. But we got some good pictures, and it was fun. So then we finally found out where the cable cars are. And one of the other cable cars was actually right near where we were, the, the end of the line. So mm -hmm. we um, parked the car. We found a free spot for handicapped people again. And we parked the car. And... Um, we, um, did I mention that I forgot something? The, the day we went to Bowdoin Bakery and my mother came back, we did go back to Bowdoin Bakery and bought a loaf of their sourdough bread. That's one other thing we did that, that night before we went to Ghirardelli's and decided not to go. Anyway, let's get back. I didn't want to leave anything out. So anyway, <laughs> we got on the trolley and the there was a line to get on the trolley and as each trolley comes they have this this circle thing and they put it they roll it onto this and they turn it and it spins it around and turns it around to go the other direction and um so they have like a line of trolleys waiting and then and and then one pulls up and you get on and it has to wait until it gets the all clear. It takes about 15 minutes before the next one can leave because the other one mm. has, the one in front of it has to be far enough. They don't have that thing they have at Disneyland on the trolley where they can pass each other, you know, where it goes off to the side. And yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't have that. So it only goes one direction so that you can't, you have to time everything properly so anyway we we got the trolleys half of it is inside and the front half is outside and i wanted to sit outside because you can't really see anything when you're in the inside very well so 
when we first got there, we were sort of at the end of the amount of people they were going to let on to that one trolley, and we were sitting in the in the um, in the inside part. And then one guy came in and was standing in front of us. Hold, you know, you can stand and hold those things. And I said to my mom, "Can we get off and wait for the next one? Because I really, what's the point in writing this?" I'm mm -hmm. not here to just get from one place to the other. I, I'm here for the experience. So we agreed, and we got off, and we were the first in line to wait for the next one. So we waited for the next one, and we did get an outside seat. We were scrunched in like sardines. <laughs> could hardly move. Everyone ran to get to the front. It was not fun. So, um, and they actually let people hang onto the railing and hang outside of it. They wouldn't let you do that at Disneyland. But you could just like hold on to the bar and just ride like hanging half out of the car. They let you do that. Huh. Which seemed very <laughs> Like you see on TV and movies and stuff. They let you do that, yeah. Huh, so interesting. I um of course brought up rice and um <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco tree. I'm sure the, the guy driving was like, oh, not this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we rode from one end, which was right near Lombard Street, if you're keeping score, and we drove all the way to the other end where you have to get off. It's the last stop, which is right near this huge mall where they had a um, Nordstrom's and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to pay to, to go back. And it's $8 for the one-way trip. So our first idea, we wanted to now go to Chinatown. So our first idea was that we would just find some sort of a, a regular trolley or bus and take that to Chinatown because that would only be a dollar and a half. But then my mother was went to the um, one of the, the cable cars drivers that was waiting his turn to pull up because they just wait there for the next you know and she asked him what bus we take to get to Chinatown from where we are and he said well I'm gonna um, be off for the day so I'm only going as far as Chinatown, and then everyone has to get off. I'm not doing the full trip because my shift is almost over. So you're welcome to come on for free to hmm. Chinatown. So when he pulled up, we were waiting, we got on, and he he said, I'm only going to China. Another guy said, we're only going to Chinatown. And I said, perfect. And the guy was there and explained that she was, you know, invited to go for free and everything. And then other people started to get on. But when he said he was only going to Chinatown, they got off. So when we, and it was that, Chinatown was about halfway from the beginning to the end. So we got really a ride and a half, but the second half, we were the only passengers on the cable car. So we got mm. a, we got a, a um, solo free ride to Chinatown. 
So cool. then, then, but we got to Chinatown just when it was starting to get dark, and our thinking was, let's go at night. It's probably all lit up, and it's probably better at night. But apparently, they close down when the sun goes down. The whole street closes up. It is lit up, and it is pretty, but all the shops are closed. There were only a handful that were open, and, and the ones we did go in were amazing. They had some beautiful things. They had a guy doing paintings and all sorts of cool stuff. It's only a few blocks long, but it is very beautiful. And they had these red lanterns hanging from one side of the street to the other, and they're all lit up. And they have a lot of the buildings look like you know Chinese architecture. They're really tall and have like the types of roofs that Chinese Asian buildings mm -hmm. have. Really pretty stuff, but everything for the most part was closed and I was like, I thought more happens here. I thought they had street entertainment and they had like a market. I thought they closed down the street and and we came to the conclusion that that all happens during the day. Mm -hmm. So we missed mm -hmm. all that. So after that, we wanted to get a bus to get back to where our car was and then we were going to go see, finally go see the Gerardelli's chocolate place and so we were trying to figure out how to get to the bus and we finally gave up and took an Uber to back to our car and we're glad mm -hmm. we did because where the bus if we had take, found it and taken it let us out we would have had to walk up this big hill to get to our car so we were like oh gosh thank yeah. god that mm -hmm. play, that town is just up and down, up and down, hill, 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 everywhere. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we got back to the car, and then we finally went to Gerardelli's. This was the last thing on our agenda. We were leaving the next day. And we got there, and it's actually a whole shopping center called Gerardelli's Plaza or Square or something like that. And there's a bunch of shops there. And um, there's actually two Gerardellis, one on the first floor, one on the second floor. And unless it was closed because we got there at 8 o'clock at night, um, there's no museum or anything involved. It's just a, like a, a shop with a, like a place to eat inside where you can get ice cream or chocolate treats or things or coffee or hot chocolate. And they have tables and booths that you can sit at. And then in the middle, they have a bunch of chocolate stuff for sale. And they do give out free samples. So, I'm diabetic. So we first asked them, do you have any chocolates that are sugar-free? And the answer, very surprisingly, was no. I was all set to buy a big bag of sugar-free chocolates and take them home with me. But they didn't have any for sale, so they lost my business. And why they don't have at least one sugar-free option in San Francisco, where everybody's like, I'll have mine without any soy, or, you know, everybody's always ordering, you know, they can't just take things the way they are, they have to have it a special way. I, I don't understand why they don't have a sugar-free option. My mother is allergic to dairy, 
So my mother asked if they have any dairy-free options as far as they did have. Are you there, Ruthie? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, gosh, for a minute I thought <laughs> I lost you. Um, they, I asked my mother if they have any, well, my mother asked if they have any dairy-free options, and they did, but it was, of course, dark chocolate. She doesn't like dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, like, a light, uh, a, a type of lighter chocolate that was had a different type of, like, you know, how milk chocolate is made with milk. They didn't have a kind mm-hmm. of that type of chocolate that was not with milk, and she doesn't like dark chocolate. So they lost her business, and I did eat one free sample of the, of the, it was like a caramel-filled chocolate. I could mm-hmm. have one, so yeah. I had one. And then we got coffee, and they didn't have any dairy-free creamer of any kind, so my mother had to drink her coffee black, which she hates. <laughs> like, the other problem is the coffee tasted like mud. It's the, uh, really, don't go there for coffee. It's the worst coffee. I am not exaggerating. The worst coffee I have ever had in my entire life. Mm. So unless you're not diabetic, not allergic to dairy, and not going for coffee, don't go to Garrett Deli's. Mm. <laughs> if you're there just wow. for the chocolate, go ahead. But otherwise, don't go. It wasn't anything all that impressive, really. It was just like, there's places like that here in Seattle that look just like, it looked kind of like, it had brick walls and it looked kind of like a factory inside. I mean, it was pretty, it was nice, but nothing unique about it or, mm-hmm. everybody's always talking about, oh, go to, you have to go to Garadelli's. I mean, so. That was hmm. the way our, I, not to end on a negative note, but that's how our trip ended. And then we had an 11 o'clock checkout. Our flight didn't leave till 6.30, but everybody's been talking about how you can't leave anything in your car because they have all of these break-ins happening in San Francisco, and it's a oh, real really? issue right now, so don't leave anything in your car. So we couldn't, like, pack our bags and then go do something Mm. before the flight because we couldn't leave our bags in the car. So we just went to the airport early and sat there and waited and came home, and we got home about 10 or 10.30 Friday night. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is my trip to San Francisco for my 50th birthday. The end. So did you... Did you feel like you saw everything that you wanted to see? Yes. One thing we didn't do was Pier 39, but we decided that it's probably mostly like Fisherman's Wharf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't all that impressed by, I mean, it's okay, but I wasn't all that impressed by Fisherman's Wharf, really. So we decided it wasn't worth bothering with um i think otherwise we saw everything and okay by the way alcatraz stinks it smells like, like literally literally no no <laughs> it doesn't stink figuratively it was it was it was a, i'm glad we went i enjoyed it but 
Just be prepared if you go, because it smells like rotted fish. It's yeah. really nasty. It stinks. The whole island stinks. Huh. And there's flies everywhere, probably because of the rotted fish. Uh-huh. I was being attacked by flies. Ugh. So, otherwise it was a great experience. I'm glad we went. I mean, I'm not saying figuratively that it stank. It was, mm -hmm. it was great, but it literally smelled bad. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. So, that was our trip. And now I'm back. I'm glad to be back. By the yeah. time it ended, I was so exhausted. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys did like a lot of walking and we did a lot like in in. We were really only there two full days and, mm -hmm. and two half days. And the second half day, we didn't do anything. We just waited in the airport. So we were really only there two and a half days, and we did a lot in two and a half days. So yeah, you did. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad you got to see the museum. I haven't got a chance to be over there yet, but I would love to go to San Francisco and do all of those things that you did. Yeah, I recommend the museum mm -hmm. for sure. If you're a Disney fan, my mother, who is definitely not a Disney fan, even found some enjoyment out of it, so anybody would enjoy it. My mother mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Anybody would enjoy it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, she cool. did kind of sit down a lot and let me walk around and look. I mean, mm -hmm. she, mm -hmm. she looked at everything, but she she didn't need to stare at it. She's like, oh, yeah. I saw that, so I need to sit down. <laughs> so, but she let me take as much time as I wanted. And she mm -hmm. just sat oh, okay. there and waited for me. She did not rush me. Because it was my birthday gift, so she let mm -hmm. me enjoy it. Well, but cool. I'm not I'm not one to just like stare at things for hours and I you know, when I I've gone to museums with other people where they just stare at a painting forever and like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that person, so Yeah. Yeah. Anywho that's it. So that's our mini episode, and that's my mini trip to San Francisco. Fun. And um, we did mention Tony Bennett a couple times, yes. <laughs> you didn't leave your heart in San Francisco, though. No, my heart is... Home is where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing about my adventures. And stay tuned for more from Jiminy Crickets coming up later this month. We'll have some content for you throughout October. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. I have listened to the cuckoo hit, and I've heard the roosters cock-a-doodle-doo. With the cows and the chickens, they all sound like the dickens when I hear the